0: the power of their data wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.
1: Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. This one is gone on Tigers Radio 971, the ticket.
2: 248-539-9797 is the phone number. Ticket text is at 97136. Double D is on the media caravan. Probably enjoying a doubled egg right now as we speak. And, uh, you know, it's, it's begun. We'll be uh, on to, uh, Tiger Fest. Uh, I'll do a show from 10 to 11 uh, at Tiger Fest uh, solo. And then Dan will join me along with uh, many of the uh, Tigers' uh, prominent uh, uh, figures. Uh, Al Avila, uh, David Chad, the general manager, assistant general manager. Uh, Ron Gardenhire, former manager, Jim Leland. Reliever Joe Jimenez. And uh, Dave Littlefield runs the uh, minor league system. He'll be there, and we'll have a lot of questions for them. Uh, we'll be on from 11 until 12.45, a special edition of Tiger Talk uh, coming up on Saturday uh, from Comerica Park. So uh, we'd like to get into a lot of different things. With the caravan starting. There are a couple big things. One, you know, Miggy's on the caravan. Uh, Miggy was in a good mood. Miggy said all the right things today. Uh, and also Al Avila said some things that to me, you know, were pretty obvious things. Uh, you know, having talked to Al Avila for uh, a number of uh, times uh, throughout last season, talked to him here recently, just chatting with him, I knew exactly what he was going to say. Uh, then when he says it publicly, uh, for some reason, it's caused a bit of a firestorm. Ah, uh, duh. Uh, the Tigers are in complete in total rebuilding mode. Uh, it wasn't just a one-year thing. Last year was just the first year of starting it in earnest. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, if you were to try to read between the lines, uh, there's some code words in there. So anyway, uh, before I get into it, uh, the talk about Castellanos and what Alabila said, I don't know if it caused a firestorm today, um, but it uh, was discussed a lot here on won The Ticket. Uh, this is his comments about where they stand on payroll.
3: We got 2019 and then 2020. After 2020, our payroll is it will be a, lot in a in a lot better place for us to be aggressive going into 2021. Okay, is 2021 the time to okay start spending some money? I don't know. I do know that we will have some money by 2021 to start going out there. I've talked to Chris Illich, and I know that at two whether it be 2021, 2022, at that point, we will be in a place from a payroll perspective where I want to be at, where I'm comfortable, where financially I know we're, we're in a good place. No different than, let's say, the White Sox are right now, the Phillies. Uh, you know, there are certain teams right now that financially, they got the flexibility to do whatever they want. they got some prospects in place that uh, have already played maybe a year or two. Um, you know, San Diego's going through the same thing. And that's where we want to be, where we have some young guys, you know, up at the major league level doing well. And then, it's and then, hey, do we start spending now? And so that's why it's hard to say. Is it 21, 22, 23? I don't know.
2: Well, there you go. You know, I think when he threw in the 22, 23 uh, into the equation, I think people might have uh, freaked out. But, the, look, code word for 2020, okay? What Al Avila didn't say, all right? And what is the code word for it? You know how Matt Patricia came out and started with the code word. Uh, tough for Matthew Stafford to try to excuse his performance, uh, you know, that he's got a back injury that you don't even know about. And then suddenly popped up because they're trying to protect their player or be respectful or whatever they're doing. Uh, in this particular case, code word for 2020 and money being freed up is Jordan Zimmerman. All right. He was being paid. Believe it or not, $25 million this year and $25 million in 2020 uh, comes off the books. And that joins Victor Martinez, who came off the books last year. And what it leaves the Tigers with at that point is one absolutely huge contract, and that's Miguel Cabrera, who they're hopeful that they can make the best out of that. With Cabrera as a DH, maybe he becomes like David Ortiz and uh, has some really good years in his late 30s. He's essentially signed for the next seven years at either 30 or $32 million. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman, that was an unbelievably bad contract. Not that Jordan Zimmerman isn't a stand-up guy and uh, a pro and all those things, uh, but you know you don't pay somebody an escalating contract uh, when they're coming out of their prime. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman would be 33, 34, uh, those two years. Uh, he had already started to decline in terms of velocity and production uh, at the time that the Tigers signed him. So that's what the code word is. No, nobody ever talks about Jordan Zimmerman. You know, His it, name that's not mentioned, he's still on the staff. Uh, he's still on the Tigers, will be for a couple more years. And uh, it's, a, it's a contract that's impossible to move. Uh, based on his performance, uh, even if he took off and did extraordinarily well this year, the Tigers would still have to eat a portion of that contract to move it, uh, probably all of it. It's just the way it works now, uh, especially in this age where most teams are going into uh, rebuilding mode. You're either going for it or you're in rebuilding mode, and the Tigers just started it last year. It wasn't some kind of brutal honesty by Al Avila. Uh, I know that uh, the caravan and uh, uh, the Tiger Fest, time when they try to sell some tickets is, I would guess, this is just a guess, there's some frustration in the marketing folks trying to sell tickets, but it's the reality of the Tigers. They are in a situation where they're trying to get as many prospects as they can, legitimate prospects, not just hey get on the Baseball America list of top 100 prospects and say you have a real good system. No, try to build a team and a core that can move forward uh, to try to get in the mode that they were in, uh, You know, say in 75, when the team uh, had the worst record in baseball, and uh, they ended up you know, by 78, 79, or whatever, building a core uh, to where they had a championship team where they drafted the Allen Trammels, the Lou Whitakers, the Lance Parishes, the Kirk Gibsons, the Dan Petries, the Jack Morrises, you know, I mean, uh, that seems unrealistic that they'll ever have the, quite the same drafts they ever had. Few teams have ever had, but that's how you get it done. And they're signing guys that they hope that they can trade, you know, the Tyson Rosses, uh, the Matt Moores, uh, like they did last year for a few more prospects and then hit with it. And uh, they've developed some arms down in the system. You know the story. Um, So that was one of the uh, firestorms today. I don't know what the big big deal was about it because everybody knows that's where the Tigers are at right now. And in my opinion, that's exactly where they should be. They boosted their analytics department. It's not just talk about it. Uh, They've headed into the future, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to try to build a core, and when they build a core and they feel comfortable about it, spend money. And that's exactly what they should do instead of throwing good money out to bad. You know, and signing somebody that's going to help them win four games, that doesn't mean anything. And then they're stuck with a contract forever. Like the one they're stuck with with Jordan Zimmerman. Okay, this is what Al said about the Nick Castellanos trade deal.
3: With Nick, it's very, very frustrating. I, I've actually talked to his agent this, this past winter uh, about Nick, because he was actually, you know, trying to inquire. I had talked to Nick at the end of the season last year, and so nothing has happened. And so he wanted to see where it kind of was all going. And quite frankly, there's been very, there, there's been no interest at this point. Um, I mean, just to be quite frank,
2: there is no interest in Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos, in an era where everybody is analytically based, where multidimensional players are key, and uh, Nick Castellanos is entering a point of his career uh, where he is going to get paid you know, through arbitration and through free agency, nobody wants to touch that. He is a very good hitter. He's the worst defending right fielder and one of the worst defending outfielders in Major League Baseball after he was that at third base. And that's the situation. I mean, it's it should be no secret to anybody. People think you can trade Nick Castellanos. You really would have trouble trading Nick Castellanos for anything. Anything right now. A bag of balls. Because of salary situations. Unless you find a piece, a place where that's one guy that they really need a hitter and they've got the defense to cover everything else, you're going to have trouble trading Nick Castellanos. Period. So he, he's just telling you the truth about that. It's a it's a tough situation for Castellanos, and it's a tough situation for the Tigers. And the hope is that somebody would need him at trade deadline. There are a lot of players that are just available. If you want a, a comparable, think about this. Mike Mousakis. Look what's happened to him the last couple years, and then you'll understand the situation with Nick Castellanos. He got a one-year deal for six million and had to with his former team after he turned down a huge qualifying offer. That's the reality right now. Al Kansas give him to somebody, they won't even take him. That's the reality, and it's what baseball is right now. 539 9797 is the phone number. What do you think? I got open lines. I'd love to hear from you. I'm Pat Caputo. It's 971 The Ticket. 971 The
1: Ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Tam Dickerson on Tigers Radio. 971 The Ticket.
3: If I had to, if I had a band aid to, to cut payroll. You know, I, I can certainly probably move him for for nothing. So that's not my that's not our goal. Um, he's a good hitter. We'd love to keep him right here for this year and and uh, and having in the middle of our lineup. So unless something you know worthwhile um, it, you know is there, uh, there's no reason for us to, to do anything.
2: That was Al Avila, Tigers general manager. You know, I uh, the, the Tigers have been through this before. Uh, they went through with J.D. Martinez, of all players. You know, J.D. Martinez, much celebrated, uh, absolutely put up huge numbers in Boston. Uh, But there was a similar dynamic uh, with J.D. Martinez. Uh, The Tigers tried to acquire a uh, a shortstop uh, from the Indians. Uh, He was blocked because they have Francisco Lindor. Uh, The Tigers are trying to get him. His name is Willie Castro. Uh, This was uh, during the uh, 2000 and uh, 17 season, uh, when they traded J.D. Martinez to Arizona. Uh, They asked Cleveland uh, for Willie Castro uh, when they inquired about J.D. Martinez. uh, They would not give up Willie Castro for J.D. Martinez. A year later, they gave up Willie Castro, who as a year advanced did well, uh, probably the Tiger shortstop of the future. Uh, one of their top 10 prospects uh, for Leonis Martin. So it, it, people uh, have to understand, and I'm not trying to, you know, preach about what's right or what's wrong. You can come up with your own opinion. I, I know it's real. But in the world of baseball, when you're talking about analytics and all these different factors that come into play and how teams build rosters, one dimensional players have very limited value even if their bat is extraordinary and we've seen it over and over again Uh, sometimes it's justified you know my opinion I mean uh, Carter uh, the kid who played for the Astros then went to Milwaukee led the league in home runs couldn't get a job he had 41 home runs couldn't get a job signed for 3.5 million you know, you're talking about somebody who struck out a lot and added nothing defensively. As a matter of fact, was a minus defender. The Yankees have ended, ended up signing him, and they ended up cutting him. But he led the league in home runs and couldn't get a job. That is That just happened a couple years ago. Uh, J.D. Martinez had to wait and wait and wait until a specific spot opened up for him in Boston. You know, where they got Bets and they got Bradley and they got Bogarts and they got a lot of multidimensional players around him. Uh, Dave Dombrowski, a familiar general manager with him, before he had a market at all. And then he was disappointed with what he got. Nick Castellanos, it, it barely has, He's I think his career war is like 4.3, which is very low, but it was 2.7 last year, the baseball reference version. So his offense was, you know, made up for a lot of his defensive deficiencies last year, but before that hadn't. And last year, Nick Castellanos came out and spoke very bluntly about it. And I appreciated very much uh, that he did, because a lot of times players are so bitter about it they don't talk about it. But here's a guy who's grown up thinking, you know, it's uh, this is average RBI, all these different things are going to matter, and defense isn't going to be mentioned quite as much there isn't this metrics then all of a sudden there's a lament about how you know defensive metrics don't mean anything yes they do now you can you know lament about uh, war wins above replacement that you see on baseball reference or the different version that you see slightly on fan graphs or baseball perspective but each and every team now has their own template for it their own version of war their own analytics department I mean, lots of them. The Yankees, for example, did not turn over until they went as metrically based as anybody and stopped signing players to contracts that were ridiculous, rebuilt a nucleus, and then went out and got Giancarlo Stanton. So that's the way the game is going. That is the way teams build. And everybody's doing that. And you can laugh all you want, but the Astros, the Royals before them, Those are the teams that ended up winning championships. The Dodgers went that way. They're contenders now. Before they did that and spent a bunch of money, they were losers and had a huge payroll. Atlanta has suddenly emerged and everybody's like, wow, because they went that way. It's it's a well-established blueprint. Baseball is very complicated that way. It's not as simplistic, and you have to understand that. And I understand there's a lot of nuance to it that people... May not be into, don't know, but that is the way everybody's thinking in the game. And Al Avila, to his credit, is an old-school baseball guy. You know, a scout by uh, uh, design. His father was one of the uh, great scouts of all time. You know, put the inroads in Latin America that nobody else had ever done before with the Dodgers. Ralph Avila. He's somebody who's coached college baseball. He's been a scout and of great renown. Alavila found Miggy in Venezuela and signed him when he's like 16 years old or whatever. And he has understood that this is exactly what you have to do; otherwise, you have no chance. You end up like the Orioles. You end up like what the Phillies were for all those years. You end up in just you end up like baseball's version of the Pistons. So when he's talking to you, he's just telling you what everybody in the industry knows. The Tiger fans are like, oh, I don't understand it. Well, you've got to understand this. They are doing exactly what they have to do. Exactly. Signing some guys, turning them over for prospects, doing what their farm system's much improved. And they're, you know, there's, there's going to be some guys that are going to start knocking on the door or getting into the major leagues, and they're going to try to build up. And then when they get to a point where they feel like spending money makes sense, and it's not just some dumbass move that's going to keep them in the same spot forever, they'll spend. That's always been the plan. That's what they did. They, They took one more shot at it in 2018 because they still had a lot of payroll. They still had some premier players. They couldn't get rid of some of them, and they took one more shot, and they fell a game short. They ended up paying a huge price for it, that was just a game short of getting into the playoffs. You know, because they went out and they signed, uh, particularly the Zimmerman contract. But that's the reality of it. And in the meantime, they hope it's, you know, to present as good a product as they can on the field now. Meaning competitive baseball, play the game the right way, uh, try to build from what they have, maybe find a player or two that comes out of nowhere. You know, a couple of Nico rooms that actually last and can be part of what they're doing and develop their players in the minor leagues. And they do have the makings of a pretty good pitching staff, perhaps, in the minor leagues. And the team could be much improved this year if two factors happen. Miggy's healthy and happy. All right? And it seems like Miggy, who is prideful about his game, actually, uh, will help them that way. And the other one is Michael Fulmer. Because last year, they didn't have their best pitcher, and they didn't have their best hitter. Miggy was second in the major leagues in exit velocity last year. So while he didn't hit a lot of home runs, he hit the ball very hard before he got hurt. He was bouncing back. And that, yeah, you can look it up. Second in major league baseball in exit velocity. And the other one was Michael Fulmer, who didn't win a lot of games, is coming back from some surgery, but had the fourth-best fastball among starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. You can look that up. So if those two guys stay healthy, the team will be better. You know, Castellanos will play. He'll probably be a bit of a sour seed. You know, it's going to be a lot of questions. I understand his you know, uh, view. And they'll try to move him at the trade deadline. They'll try to do something. But right now, there is no market for Nick Castellanos. That's the reality of it. 3997 97 is the phone number. Now, what are your thoughts on this? I have open lines right now. I'd love to hear from you. Ticket text is at 97136. Uh, Dan is off. You know, he's not off. He's actually working. He's on the caravan. We'll be doing a special edition of Tiger Talk from Tiger Fest. Uh, from 11 to 1245, I'll be doing a solo show from down there from 10 to 11 on Saturday at Comerica Park. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. 248 539 is the phone number. And uh, ticket text is at 97136. I'm Pat Caputo. It's Tiger Talk and 97 won the ticket.
1: Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio, ninety-seven one, the ticket.
3: You know, I expect for Nick to come in uh, in great shape, like he always has. Um, he's been a he's been a, obviously one of the better hitters, and um, so I believe he's going to come in, have a great year, and um, and get through it. I, I I don't think whether he gets. Traded or not, it's going to make any difference for him as far as this year is concerned.
2: So Alavila talking about Nick Cassiano's two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Paul, you're on ninety seven won the ticket. What's up,
4: Pat? I got to tell you, man, I'm an absolute lockstep with everything you're saying. You know, I mean, you listen, you you take a look at social media, everything else, and everyone is bagging Avila for being an honest man. He's saying everything that everybody knows. right? I mean, you know, it, it, it's very simple stuff. Yeah, I mean, Nick Castellanos is a fine hitter. He's a good young ball player. But he's a subpar fielder anywhere you put him. No,
0: it's so, not, it's no not, the
4: it's not, not there. It's
2: not just subpar. It's a subpar to the point where it offsets a lot, and I mean a, a significant amount, of his offensive upside. His wins above replacement, and every team has a different one, but his wins above replacement from the standards of you know what are available to the media, from baseball reference and everything, is remarkably low. So how many games he actually wins you with that really good offense, and it's only going to get better, uh, is subtracted by his lack of defensive prowess, which is the, he's the worst right fielder in baseball, metrically. Yes, absolutely. Not, there's not you even know, a close second. And he was the worst third baseman before that. That's And he works it, his ass off at it, but that's the reality.
4: Well, exactly. I mean, I, I liken it back to, you know, a young Kirk Gibson when he was one of the worst right fielders to round a fly ball since Babe Herman. And they had Al Kaline, the great, arguably the greatest right fielder in American League history, come out and work with him and he got serviceable. But Gibson was a hero. And so, you know, Pat, let this play out. This, Avelia, is, this is like two
2: different things. Is is this, this is a, gonna work. Yeah, I, I this this is the Tigers only option. Uh it's a very good plan. It's there's a possibility of work, but there's no guarantees. But this is baseball and this is how you have to approach it when you're in the circumstance of the Tigers. I would be all over their past philosophy, except for one thing. Their late owner, Mike Illich, did everything possible to try to bring a World Series championship here. Everything possible. Literally spared no expense, did everything And they got everywhere and did everything except for that last step. And it's hauntingly frustrating to many fans. But you're not going to go out and spend money right now and get to that point. All that would be doing is hindering you from actually being able to take another run at it where it's legitimate. Now, anybody who's followed this and seen what the Astros did, what the Royals did, what the Yankees did, what the Cubs did, I mean, you can go down the list, knows that this is what they did, that this is the blueprint, that it's about getting analytically based, having a, you know analytics department, things that the Tigers were behind in while they were in, quote-unquote, go-for-it-all mode and this is the reality of it now the reality of it isn't quite as stark as what people think because once you get some good ball players it's a day-by-day thing and people start to identify with those ball players even last year there was one really good part of that and uh, was the fact that they were more athletic people started to identify with some of their players it wasn't all one-dimensional that type of thing and you know there was a, a tweet uh, that Jeff Daniels, the the actor who lives a down, uh, I don't know, Ann Arbor area, I guess. I've never met Jeff Daniels. I never crossed paths with him, but I saw this tweet. Dennis uh, Fittian pointed it out to me, who I work with here on evenings on uh, 97, won the ticket. He said, look at this tweet. He's watching a game early in the season. The Tigers lost their fair few games, you know, and he's watching in his den or something. He puts the TV up there and says, I'll always care. There are fans out there who always care about baseball. So, yeah, you know, you're going to have those fans. And then you're going to have others who are going to, you know, whatever team is going well, they're going to jump. That's most fans. Everybody knows that. Baseball, you know, I I, I laugh when I hear, oh, baseball dying, all these different things. Not New York, it isn't. Go into New York and say baseball's dying. Go on WFAN and say baseball's dying. They'll laugh you right off the damn radio. Going to Boston and say it, going say it on the radio. We're, you know, we're Boston. How about LA? How about Houston, a market that's bigger than this one? Where the uh, teams are good, people love the team, and you know all those things. They jump on that band when they jump off. But baseball has a huge base. That's regional base, and fans are going to like it. A lot of things about this team. They're going to like the rebuild. They're going to see some refreshing things. They're going to identify with some players, you know. But the, you know, but there's no guarantee. But this is what what it is. And, and then Nick Castellanos, if you give Nick Castellanos a big contract, and then you know Nick Castellanos is out there in right field, not performing well, isn't getting you wins, or you go out and you sign somebody who means three more wins for you, but means that down the road you can't turn it around that's just not smart and this is not like some kind of new innovative hey you know what high-tech thing you know like man this is like driverless cars or something no this is the it's been a well-established what you do uh it's it's baseball moved further and yet yeah, it's I don't know. For some reason, in this town, and I'm, you know, it's like somebody's here. You, I appreciate you explaining, it, but don't talk down. And no, I'm just trying to inform you. I'm not talking down to you. I mean, this is something that I, you can say that I'm a big loser, sits around on my iPad and watches minor league baseball all the time. I can tell you they're a farm system like hook, line, and sinker because I follow this. This is what I've done for a long time. That's all I know that they're doing the right thing. And they have to do it, so you can sit around and lament about it and all this. You know what do you what would you prefer that, or you know Bob Quinn getting up there uh, from the Lions and saying, "Yeah, everything's good with Matthew Stafford, everything's fine. This is this is extraordinary." What would you prefer, or you know uh, you know another general manager saying, "Yeah, we're we're playoff bound, and they have no chance of making the playoffs." So you know. Either love baseball or you don't love baseball. You either you know understand how franchises are built or you don't. And that's the reality of it. I understand exactly what they're doing. Exactly. 24-8-5-3-9-97-97 is the phone number. I think a lot of fans actually do. Matthew, you're on ninety seven one the ticket. What's up, buddy?
5: So you have evidence on your side. You were mentioning Houston, the Royals. Um, I'm from Missouri, so I'm a Cardinals fan. One of the greatest blessings we ever had is when we didn't sign Pujols because that gave us player flexibility. Um, you got to develop players. Where I picked up on last year, I forgot the pitcher. He was like a a consistent 15-game winner for the Cardinals. He's a free agent. And I think he ended up at the end of the season just signing with Milwaukee, it's like it has complete. It's almost like if you don't, if you're not accepting what you're saying, you're denying what you can see in front of your face. It has changed. Bryce Harper would have been um, gotten by the Yankees if this was the '90s and '80s, but it's not.
1: No. And it has
5: completely changed. And so, I I mean, I don't know what. what, Maybe I'll get take my answer off the air, but what is it that people cannot? Grasp. You, well,
2: you know, Bryce Harper Bryce, Harper's a, Bryce Harper is a, a classic example of how the game has changed. Because Bryce Harper, you know, spectacular, big name, but frankly hasn't been that good a player. I mean, have you ever looked up Bryce Harper's actual, like, numbers, what he is metrically, what he's done, and look at what the value of his contract is? You know, it, people looked at the movie Moneyball, and they saw Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean, which having seen Billy Bean is a bit of a scratch. And uh, there was a lot of BS in there. Dave Dombrowski, get me that pop machine and everything. But the basis of Moneyball was about value of contracts and how it leads to something bigger. Uh, that basic premise is something that everybody's r- doing in professional sports. It's evolved. And every analytic base for each sport is different. And now every team in baseball has their own analytic base. The Tigers have developed one, and they've moved into where they're at least at the curve or moving ahead of the curve. So they're doing exactly what they need to do. And there's a certain appreciation for it. I I would say, you know, when you talk about prospects, look at them like you look at, uh, if you're a Michigan or Michigan State fan, At recruits, they get for football or basketball. You know, is this guy a five star prospect, four star prospect, three star prospect? And as they move up, you know, do all the five stars become five stars? No, some of the three stars. It's kind of the same process. They go up and down like stocks. It's actually a fascinating thing to follow. And it's more of the pure game rather than, hey, you know, they get these rich guys and we have the feel good news conference and then the team stinks. So what they're doing is actually right. 248-539-9797, at least in my opinion. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Jeff, I'll get to your call next. I'll get to the ticket text next as well. It's Tiger Talk ninety seven 97.1 The
1: Ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Tan Dickerson on Tiger's Radio. 97.1 The Ticket. Yeah, he's
3: been sending us video, we've, and we've sent uh, our, our our training staff over there a couple of times uh, to check out his workouts and all that. So he's been swinging the bat well. Uh, he's been pumping weight, and right now, as far as I know from my information, he's uh, he's fine. There's no issues.
2: That uh, was uh, Alavila talking about Miguel Cabrera, who's on the uh, caravan two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven ticket text. Uh, Pat, the Tigers need to get more aggressive uh, international signings. Uh, look at Alcuna, Vlad Jr., Soto, etc. That was from Ticket Text, 97136. Uh, international signings different than what it used to be. It's not the wild, wild west anymore. Uh, it's slotted. Uh, last year, the Tigers did get a couple uh, high-profile international prospects. Uh, Jose De La Cruz and uh, Asio Reyes, uh, those are two players that you'll probably hear a lot about uh, down the road and in the future, and the Tigers have spent a lot of money uh, with two different academies open uh, when it comes down to international players. And if you look at the Gulf Coast roster, it's three-fourths of its international players. So they don't get quite the same hype uh, as they get. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, they haven't developed a Miguel Cabrera here. You know, uh, from their international core here lately, uh, and uh, that was one of the strengths uh, that Al had uh, when he was with the Marlins with Dave Dombrowski. So yeah, but they did uh, get involved in it uh, quite a bit last year uh, with a couple high-profile guys that they managed to sign uh, with their five million dollars that they had in their pool. Uh, Jeff, you're on uh, Tiger Talk at '97. Won the ticket. What's up, Jeff?
1: Yeah,
5: hi, Pat. Enjoy the show. Hey, thanks. Um, t- Hey, I want to just run, run this scenario by you. Uh, what do you think the tip is out of the Tigers giving Castellanos to Schnott at first base? Uh, they tried third base, they tried right field. Maybe that would work. And, uh, say, uh, you know,
2: I, I talked about that last summer. I really I said, look, you, you have to put him at first base because right. you he have he to make it a decision with it. Right? right. And Cabrera had DH, and that would solve a lot of their problems. The thing is, uh, Miggy will be the DH. Eventually he'll do that because I think he'll realize that in order for him to expand his career and do things, he's already a Hall of Fame player, but to do things that will put him in extra rarefied air, he's going to have to kind of take on this David Ortiz uh, type of role. And he's a very much a minus defensively and has been throughout his career. So I think that would be a good thing considering how many injuries he's had. Uh, Castellanos does not want to play first base. That was made clear to them. Now, he didn't come out publicly and say that. They did float that balloon by him, and when they floated that balloon by him, it, it just got shot down. So if he were to have done that and they, he took grounders at first base, did that, and I agree with you that he, I think, could be a respectable um, uh, first baseman where he struggled with the, you know, at third base and in, in, in the outfield, um, I think he could be respectable at first. He, he does not want to do that. And in fairness to Nick Castellanos, he's done everything they've asked him when it comes down to work ethic on these position changes, and he's been bounced around like a pinball. He was a shortstop when he was drafted. They put him in, out, in the outfield because they signed Prince Fielder and moved Miggy to third, which was the worst metrics decision you possibly could make, and then put Castellanos out there playing in the minor leagues in left field. And then he put him at third, and then it's like he's worked his tail off. He just didn't work for him there. He worked his tail off to be a right fielder, got himself much more fit and in shape, he actually become a, a faster base runner. And now it's you know, uh, I don't want to. He doesn't want to do it again. You, you've, and that's okay. what's happened. If he had that situation where they were trying at first, it would help him. I think it would help them. But, you know, there's a certain element of pride that's come in there. And, well, basically what I've been told about is Nick Cassiano's basically had enough of that, okay? Huh. Well,
5: so, that's too bad. It sounds like it could have been a win-win for everybody.
2: Yeah, but, but, you know, I mean, and, and ultimately I, I think it would have been good for him. But I understand his point of view. I Last year I really appreciated when we came out and started talking about the metrics and how he felt that this was, wasn't right. He was very frank about it. Like, you know how Al is getting ripped for being honest today. I don't know why. I mean, I, I really don't understand that. Well, Nick Castellanos kind of got some pushback on that for being honest, and I didn't understand why. We asked these athletes questions or these executives questions, and when they give us honest answers to it instead of the BS answers, you know, you get mad at them. I mean, and, and those are obvious answers. What Castellanos right. said was from the heart. What Al said is just, I mean, that – there isn't a baseball person in the world who's actually looked at it that would you know, be upset about that, because that's the reality of the Tigers. And if the Tigers want to get back to where they were contending year after year, this is what they have to do.
5: Okay, well, thanks, man. Well, I've been following them since 1976, so I guess I'm looking forward to the next
1: rebuild.
2: Well, you know, the thing is, you remember 1976. They were coming yeah, off oh, yeah. the worst year ever. And there was a pitcher that showed up and nobody thought anything about. Okay, nobody was going, hey, Mark Fidrich is the top prospect in baseball and everything, and he became all the rage. And that's the beauty of baseball. I
5: remember my T-ball team took us to see Fidrich play against Cleveland in front of 50,000 people, and uh, I'll never forget that day as long as I
2: live. Well, you know, so it shows you how things can happen in baseball. You know, you say the Astros, the Astros made a bunch of mistakes. You know, but they they struck gold with Jose Altuve and they got multi-dimensional players, they pieced their team together and then all of a sudden you look, and they've got something that'll last forever. But the Astros had two. Not one, but two first overall picks in the draft within the last 5 or t- you know, years of their championship. Aiken and Appel, look those guys up. They didn't do anything. They're not with the organization anymore. And they hit on Jose Altuve, who they turned down originally at a tryout camp and then signed him for $15,000. So there's a lot of layers in baseball that are different than other sports. And people say, oh, look, I love that about the game. I love that about the game. And seeing guys come up, that an opportunity to play that you can identify with, not identify with, look at it, to me, is fascinating. You know, they had a run that was incredible. Uh, they won six postseason series. They knocked the Yankees out three, three times of the postseason. They beat Billy, Billy Bean Moneyball three times in the postseason. They had two Cy Young Award winners, two Rookie of the Year winners and uh, the two different players win MVP awards three different times they did everything but win the championship, they won two pennants okay, okay. at some point this is inevitable it's that way in every sport but that, that's the reality of it Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. 539 remember that, because Kyle Bogey's going to want to talk to you coming up next i pissed Pistons tonight, this is 97 won the ticket
6: okay, picture this